Good morning, Abundant Life. Uh, I do not see that much red in here. Oh, oh yeah, 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 I forgot. That's right, you, you guys didn't make it. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Let, let's get back in the spirit. <laughs> Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. Uh, we thank you for who you are and for what you are doing in this place. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit, Lord. There truly is no place we rather be than in your arms, God. You are a loving God, a God that knows us in and out, and you love us. That we can depend on. Father, go before us today, Lord, and do what only divinity can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sometimes Christians look at other Christians and they said, boy, I wish I could be as spiritual as they are. But don't we understand that you have the same identity that they do? So if they are progressing and you are regressing, maybe it's because they are living in the light of who they are and perhaps you're not. In our homes, in our apartments, in our condos, our houses, uh, the room that you rent, the trailer that you live in, wherever you live, most of us have a microwave, we have a toaster, and we have some type of coffee maker. Or if you're real bougie, you have a, a Keurig. Right? <laughs> There are all kinds of different appliances, but they all work from the same power source. When you plug in a microwave, it warms your food. When you plug in a toaster, it crisps your toast. When you plug in a coffee maker or your Keurig, you press the button and it makes you coffee or tea. Now, each appliance, though they're different, live up to its manufactured specifications because each appliance is receiving the same power source. Even though I am different from you and you are different from me, all of us have the equal potential of living up to God's manufacturer specifications. You can be what God saved you to be and I can be what God saved me to be because the same electrical current is available to all of God's kids. Right. It's available to all who belong to the body of Christ. So there are no special kids in God's kingdom. The running joke in my extended family after we grew up, um, when we would get together in a house, uh, a few of my siblings would say, well, there's mom's favorite." And, they would, and my mom would remind them that I don't have any favorites. I love you all the same. And then she would wink at me. <laughs> in front of everyone else, of course, but all in fun. But there are no special kids in God's kingdom. We don't put anybody above anyone else. The church has that twisted sometimes. We like to put our pastors on a pedestal above other people. We like to put leaders, we like to put those with multiple gifts above other people. 
But that's not what the Bible tells us. That's not what the Word of God tells us we should do. We're all on the same level filled. So you must know who you, he created you to be and who he did not create you to be. Some of us would do well to learn what he didn't create us to be. One of the ways, hear me when I say it, it's just one of the ways that we discover who you were designed or what you were designed to do uh, is through the gifts that he gives you. Now, I need to break down for us what spiritual gifts are and what they are not. The primary thing that you need to know about spiritual gifts is that they are given from God, by God, rather. They are not your personal talents. Now, many of us were born with certain talents. Uh, maybe you have a knack for organizing. Uh, my brother is a former, he's now a butcher, but he's a former um, mover. He moves people out of their houses. So when we need a, a mover or, we need, or we're moving or we need to move something, we call on him because he can pack a truck like nobody can. Maybe um, you are um, a problem solver, right? Or you're good at putting things together. Uh, my wife is amazing at putting things together. I call on her to help me when things need to be put together or just have her do it and I act as her apprentice <laughs> because I'm not ashamed because she, she, that's something that she is gifted at and uh, she can put all kinds of things together, most of the time without instructions even. And the problem we have is that she likes to buy all those things she likes to put together, <laughs> but I digress. I would love to be able to play the guitar like our brother Stan uh, or play an instrument like Shirley or Vivian or sing like Caroline or Kimrel or Junior or Selwyn, but I can't. God did not create me with that talent, so I stay in my lane. It's like Elder Anthony illustrated for us weeks ago about the horse with the blinders on, on their eyes and how they train them like that so they don't get distracted from what? someone else's race, and I want to add by someone else's gift, or what we have, or what we don't have, or what we wish we had. We belong to God, and we have to tap into what he put in us. That's not always easy to do. It's one of the reasons why we're doing this series. We want you to tap into what it is that God has for you, and how he's built you and how you can be used in the body of Christ. You all have heard me say from time to time, and it's something I heard in my late 20s, um, so just a year ago or so, um, but it stuck with me. And it did not originate with me, but I often say, everything I am, everything I'm not, everything I have, everything I've got, I'm yours, Lord, I belong to you. I have to remind myself that whatever I have, whatever I don't have, that's up to God, but I belong to God. I'm yours, Lord. I belong to you. It reminds me that I'm not my own, that I was bought with the price, that I can't boast about anything except that I am one of God's creations. I am unique because he says I'm unique. You are unique because he says you are unique. You are rich because he says you are rich. You are wonderfully made because he said you're wonderfully made. So the gifts come from God, right? And our natural talents um, we are born with, yes, and God has something to do with those too, uh, but he requires we use them differently. 
So spiritual gifts come from God. They're not your natural talents. Now, God may give you gifts that accommodate those natural talents, but the gifts he gives you are spiritual gifts. The person who is not saved may be good at many things, but those are natural talents, right? We all have them. Again, those are not the same as spiritual gifts. However, God will sometimes use those and mesh those together um, you know, based on what you have. So if you're good at something, he, you may find yourself him giving you a spiritual gift that sort of uh, goes with that or matches that. If you think about the Apostle Paul, um, Apostle Paul was a deep thinker. You saw, we know that he wrote most of the New Testament. He was a great leader. He was a person of influence even before um, God saved him. Sometimes not, he was that way in not so much appreciated ways before he became a Christian. Um, and many of us can relate to that. He was mentored and taught by a, a person named Gam- Gamaliel. Um, and the thing about him, he's one of those Jews, he's the guy, if you remember, um, on the Jewish council who said that if this plan is from God, you will not be able to throw it, right? Overthrow it, rather. But if it's from man, then it will fail. You remember that? So that's another example of a gift of wisdom, which we'll talk about in a second. So Paul was called as an apostle, and his gifts, both spiritual and natural, came together, gifting him for that calling and for that office. Now, the way to think about talents versus gifts, another uh, way to think about that is talents are, uh, talents serve us. They serve us, right? So they don't, they serve our own interest. They make us money. They advance our careers. They look good on our resumes, job applications. If you go out to your LinkedIn profile, they looks great out there. But it's really all about us. Now, God created us, so those are from God, but they're not, they're really used for building others up. It's typically to build things in our own lives up, which He's not against with natural talents. It's the reason he gives them to us. But spiritual gifts serve the talents of God. They serve the interest of God, rather. They are for serving others. That is for me to serve you and you to serve the person sitting next to you, that kind of thing. They're not about us at all. So if you've listened to Pastor Valerie's stories last week, Where in those stories of her evangelistic journey did you hear anything about her? You didn't except for her exercising her gift with people around her. Because those are gifts that come from God. They're spiritual gifts. And that spiritual gift, like all spiritual gifts, are meant to build the body up and to encourage believers to carry out the Great Commission. So spiritual gifts are solely and primarily for others in the body. Now, as I sometimes say, don't take my word for it. Let's take a look at uh, 1 Peter. We'll look at 1 Peter chapter 4. And 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 10. It reads this way. It says, Each one should use whatever gifts he has received to serve others faithfully, administrating God's gift in its various forms. So each one should use his gift faithfully in the body. Now, our passage in 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to read the the whole thing. Um, A few minutes ago, um, we talked about the gift of wisdom, and there's a couple of gifts in here that we're going to take a look at. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. 
and we'll just uh, quickly read through that. So it says, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit says God's, Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed. And no one can be or no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of them and all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom or the gift of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by, the, by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. We just talked about that. The body is a unit, and though it is made up of many parts, and though it, all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we are all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given one Spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'd, I'd, I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And he's talking there he's talking about how if you have one gift, but you desire another one and you're not using the one you have, then you're basically saying to the other body, it doesn't mean that it ceases to exist, but you do the body harm by not using what he gave you. Because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And they were all one part. Where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body." The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. Right? We talked about that too. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that it parts should have equal concern for each other. Remember that word. There should be no division in the body. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracle workers, or workers of miracles, rather, and also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with the gift of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. When he says administration, there are some translations say guidance, so those who could guide with vision. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have the gifts of healing, do we all speak in tongues, do we all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. 
So today we have before us a challenging uh, passage of Scripture. In fact, it's, it's been a challenge for the church for hundreds of years, right? This passage uh, of Scripture is just one of four. So there's four different areas where you find gifts listed. So you remember on uh, Romans 12 last week, right? So Pastor Valley looked at Romans 12. She told us, uh, went into Ephesians 4. There's 1 Corinthians 12, and then there's a small uh, one or two in inside of First uh, Peter chapter 4 in the Bible. So there's a lot of spiritual gifts, um, and some of them are not necessarily all listed out just verbatim. So we're considering the fact that Paul wrote these three letters to three different groups of people. If you notice, uh, if you compare last week from this week, you notice he didn't write all of the gifts, a complete list in every one, right? So that tells us, and it's safe to assume that there are additional gifts that are unlisted here. So even though this uh, passage has caused a lot of division among believers, we are not going to let that happen. These are people who believe that some of the gifts, right, there's a side that believes that some of these gifts have ceased with the early church, right? And then there is others who, uh, who and I won't uh, bore you down with all the, the uh, technical words for them, but there's a side who believes that the gifts ceased when the canon closed and when um, the early church ended. And then there are others who think that the gifts exist with one caveat, which we'll address in a couple minutes. So we see that they do exist, but sometimes uh, they do not look like it did back then, right? And for good reason. So as I walk through it, I want you to look in here for principles and try to think about your gifts and how uh, you might want to use those and you might want to use what I share. Now, we can't force gifts. They're given by God. But many times, other people uh, will see your gifts, and they'll call them out. Other times, you'll find yourself, uh, but many times, it's just clearly seen. Sometimes, you'll you'll discover them themselves, or it's something that you've known since you were uh, younger, right? In 2 Kings 4, verse 8, um, is sort of one of those times uh, where you sort of find yourself where, where it's clearly seen. 2 Kings uh, chapter 4. It's, uh, I'll just summarize it for you. It's about the Shunanite woman. And she says to her husband, um, this man, Elijah, is known to be a holy man of God. So let's set up something up on the roof for him. Let's give him a bed. Let's give him a table uh, to put his things. And uh, she thought about that because he says he's always traveling this way, right? That is a gift that she has. And people, and many of you have that gift, of hospitality. Um, I was out in the lobby after service um, a few weeks ago, and I went to go get one of those snacks. Um, I never do that. I, I, I rarely um, eat before preaching in the morning for, for various reasons, um, for several reasons, but I was hungry that morning, so when I finished, and uh, the sister that was out there, she was responsible for it, and she was um, giving out snacks, and I'm looking, and she's like, Hey, so, you know, we have this one and that one, this and that. And I said, yeah, well, I don't like that, right? I don't like that one. Well, I need something. I need something healthy. And then she said, uh, <laughs> she was, I need something healthy. And then she said, well, we have these over here. They have nuts and fruits in them, um, and those are healthy. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. Now, I know myself, right? I'm very particular about what I like. I like what I like, but I know myself. I mean, who sees free snacks on the table, right, and has a conversation about what they like and don't like? 
So what's my point? That sister had the gift of hospitality. Some of us would have frowned up and been talking to ourselves. Right? You better get out of here with all that. It's almost time for me to, almost time for me to pack this up, talking about what he can't eat. Right? It's a snack. You didn't pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just be honest. There's some of us that would have went there, right? But when you have a gift, people can see it. And I saw that gift in her, right, to be patient when I'm sitting there with my picky self looking at uh, those things. I should have packed my own, right? So your gifts show. Sometimes people see them without you seeing it, but you don't decide what gift you receive. God does. All right? Context has been poured. All right, so as we look at 1 Corinthians, and we're going to be again in chapter 12, which we just read, we're going to go through some of the gifts that are in verses 7 through 11. So it says, Now to each of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. Now this gift of wisdom um, gives insight into situations where there's not a direct word from the Bible. Right? There's, some, there's some guidance for the Bible, right? but the Bible doesn't give you every single detail of every single issue. right? We know that. So it sounds something like that. Like This is what a person of wisdom would say something like, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying in this situation. Now, it's not people trying to get their way in a situation. It's wisdom. It's understanding truth in a specific situation. It's how, it's the how and why of God's truth, right? It's, it's God giving a person wisdom for a situation. And sometimes um, we've seen this in, in a couple different ways. Sometimes he just gives us, uh, gives a person like that wisdom in a situation. Sometimes he gives them uh, the whole idea of to silence things when things are getting out of tr- uh, control. Um, if you think about uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says uh, the gift, if you have not the gift, right, and if I, have, if I have the gift and I have faith, but I have not love, I am nothing, right? So it's a gift of wisdom that is given to someone to enable them to do or say in a specific situation where everyone is trying to figure something out. You ever been in those type of situations and you're wrestling and you've been wrestling for days or weeks or months or years, whatever it be, and then there's someone who um, sort of comes in and they, and they can see that and everyone's like, oh, I mean, think about that all, all this time we've been doing this. Um, sometimes that is the gift of, of wisdom. We see this with Jesus and how he gave a word of wisdom when talking with the Pharisees, right? The, remember the Pharisees, they, were in, they wanted to trap him. Um, and they had that question about paying taxes. And he, he gave them a reply that many of us are familiar with. He said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar, to God the things that are God's. That's a word of wisdom. Or in Luke 14, when they tried to jam him up about the Sabbath, right? And he said, if, if one of you has a son, right? He went to the heart of the matter. If one of you have a son or one of you have an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, would you not immediately pull him out? And it said in verse, uh, that was Luke 14 in verse 6, it says, and they had nothing to say, right? So it's times like that where it just sort of silences things. Not in an arrogant way, but more in a way to say, let's settle. Right. So he says, to the spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge. So supernatural insight is what the gift of knowledge is. 
It's supernatural insight into someone's life that you would typically not know about them except for the fact that God gives it to you. And let me just say, as we look at these gifts, be very careful with how you operate in them. It's ordinary knowledge that God gives, that you know he'll give in the spirit to someone. Uh, one example of this but when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman, right? Through the, the God, the spirit gave him the, the, the know and the knowledge that what? She had five husbands, right? She said, oh, you must be a prophet. Do you remember that? Um, so today, God may, may have you pray um, for someone or speak into someone's life in a very specific way. It may give you a word of knowledge for them. And it says, to another one, faith. Uh, there is the faith of salvation. There is faith of God and belief in God, right? So we know just regular faith that we all have, that you and I have. We had faith uh, to, to get saved, right? We have faith to know who God is. So there's the kind of faith that says, I know that he's the creator of the world. I know that he created me. I know that this all didn't just happen. It wasn't just one second and all of a sudden, boom. But no, there's a creator who orchestrated this, right? So there's that kind of faith that we all have. But then there's the faith um, where someone is, it, it is very unexpected, and God gives you a faith in that person's life, and he gives you, he gives it to him or her, again, for a specific purpose. And, and so you have faith when there's a situation around that uh, just seems impossible, and uh, you're the only one that just has uh, faith that God is going to do something in a very specific way, right? So he'll give someone uh, that kind of um, a faith. And then it says that there is the gift of healing. Now, first, the word healing here is, is really pearl. So it's healings. It's lost. God can do it in so many different ways, not necessarily just one way where you heal, you know, you're, you're able to um, pray for someone's healing. Um, now, to be clear, God does the healing himself, Amen. right? I know we see a lot of things and we, you know, you turn your channels and you see a lot of things. He doesn't necessarily need to be in some dramatic way. When we touch someone to pray for healing, they don't need to start convulsing and flying all over the floor. Uh, you touch them, you pray for them. Perhaps God heals them. Not you touch them and they fall out. God does the healing. If you think about... Um, Paul's sweatband and how he would lay it on people or someone got a hold of it and they could lay it on someone. God uses people um, in certain ways. Now, there's certain things that we saw back in the Old Testament and we saw even in the Bible in general that we're just not going to see today. Some of these uh, that we're talking about um, may exist today, but personally, maybe none of us in this room have ever seen some of them. Maybe we've heard of them, but we've, we've never seen them. Um, doesn't mean they don't exist, but let's be careful what we call is the gift of what we're, we're reading here, right? So, yeah, and other times when uh, people would want to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, right? Laying on of hands or anointing with oil. Um, sometimes it's just a word uh, that we want to, to pray over someone, some of these we don't see much, but we may not know anyone with the gifts, but it does not, again, mean that they don't exist. And then uh, he says, and, and here's, here's one that um, sort of relates to what I just said. 
Uh, he said, there's the gift of miraculous power. Miracles may be less today, or different uh, anyways, than when Jesus was on earth, but they still exist today. Miracles still exist. They just look different. Some believe that this gift no longer exists for a person to have, but one thing we do know for sure is that God still performs miracles. He is a miracle-working God. Now, the kind of miracles of immediate healing right in front of someone when you touch them and they get up and they are fully healed, maybe we don't see that unmanufactured <laughs> today, right? But people, you know, raising people from the dead, touching someone who would not walk, that kind of thing. Uh, but let yourself discern. You know, one of the things I always pray about and, um, is that God would give me discernment. Um, because it's very, and, and we all can pray for that, right? We can all pray for that. That's what I love about wisdom, too. We may not have the gift of wisdom, but God says, ask. He'll give it to us. And so I always pray for discernment because there's a lot of things out there, and we have to be careful as Christians not to just say because of our upbringing, or maybe you, some of you guys grew up in, in churches where in order to get saved, they set you down in a chair, and you just said hallelujah about 30 to 50 times, and at some point you were supposed to start speaking in tongues, and that was sort of solidified you getting saved. If you didn't know that was out there, it is. All right. But you got to get discernment. Ask him for discernment. He'll, he'll give it to us. He'll let us see. Right? Then there's the gift, it says, of prophecy. Prophecy is speaking God's will into a situation. Right. I know these aren't exciting and fun gifts, right? Some of these probably scare you guys, and you're like, oh, you know. Some people get, you know, and, that, and that's okay, right? We have, but we have to know about them, right? As I've often reminded, right, I have to preach the whole counsel of God. These are gifts that we can't just... Um, skip over, right? So I'm speaking God's will into a situation. In this gift of, of, of prophecy, it's not like the Old uh, Testament, right? Very different from the Old Testament. I don't have time to get into that. Very different. Do your study. You'll see it's very different from the Old Testament. But one thing in this gift is that we don't want to do is we don't want to claim the authority of God when you speak, you come in God's authority, but you never say something of God told, God said this, or God, God's not doing, he's doing new things. He, he's doing, he, you know, it says in his word that I'm doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? But listen, there's some things that are foundational. And so um, when you come to someone with the gift of prophecy, uh, speaking a word into a situation, you want to make sure that that is not something to where you're claiming that God did it. You come to people in humility, and you connect it from Scripture. And, and, and again, it's used, it's used for the purpose of building up, right? So you're not going to go to someone, listen, I'm prophesying over you that, you know, turmoil is going to hit your, your, you know, your household and things like that. Remember, the gifts of the body are used for building up. They're, they're used for building up. And so as you do that, you want to encourage people. You want to console them. You want to strengthen them. You want to bring comfort. A word for a person is to build them up. Not God said. So be careful. I know it's scary for some of us to, to, to hear that, but it's a reality in, the, in that that gift is still operating. And again, it's more of a word. Some people just have a strong word of God, and they may say something, and you may actually see 
that it happens, or they may come and you, and you, and you have that understanding um, of, that, of that gift, right? And then there's the one that says, uh, he says, in distinguishing of spirits, distinguishing of spirits. I, I love this one. Um, if there is any gifts, he says to desire all gifts, to desire the greater gifts. If there's anyone, I, I, this one I would, be, I would be praying about, desire. Distinguishing of, of spirits. So this is supernatural insights into, or insights, but they do not trump scripture. So God gives you insights to distinguish between spirit. But remember, none, no gift ever trumps scripture. If it contradicts scripture, then there's something wrong. Uh, we see that in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19 through 20. Um, we do have to allow for it though, right? Because in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 19 through 20, it says, don't suppress the spirit. Right? It says, don't stifle those who have a word from the master. On the other hand, don't be gullible, right? So we don't want to stifle. It says, you know, allow people to, to operate in the gifts. But also, let's not be gullible. Let's, let's check it with Scripture. Check out everything, First Thessalonians says, check out everything and keep only what's good. Throw out anything tainted with evil. So the distinguishing of spirits is being, being able to go in and see that, oh, what this, what this woman is saying is not of God. Like you're distinguishing of spirits. Like they're saying one thing, but this is not from the good. This is from, this, there's, there's some evil. So you, that, in that gift, you can sort of distinguish there's something not right. right? There's something not right. So, throw, so be careful with that. So to discern, uh, and also sometimes it's, um, it's used in some, uh, one scholar writes that it's used sometimes for um, internal uh, qualifications of a person for, for office. There's something that you sense about them or discover the inward workings. So God will give you uh, insight to discover and to understand something about a person, um, perhaps maybe even um, a warning uh, that, he, that he gives you. We see this with Peter. With uh, I talk about I talked about Ananias a, w- a while back, so I won't go to that again. But in Acts chapter five, verse three, uh, Peter did that with with Ananias. Right? He knew that him and his wife held back that m- the money from a cell without even knowing about them, without even knowing uh, any of the situation. Uh, God gave them was able to distinguish the the spirit um, of them. And so, and you guys see that a lot. And I, I think that that's so important. I think it goes along with discernment as well. Um, and so desire those things, pray about those things, ask God uh, to be able to show you and to operate in them. And then speaking in different types of tongues. Now it is speaking to God, speaking in tongues is speaking to God in a language unknown to the person speaking, but known to God who's listening to it. So it's a sign, in the Old Testament, it's like a sign that God is calling all his people, not just the Jews, into his family, right? Excuse me. So we see that with um, when all of them are, you know, there and they're all speaking in their own languages and everybody can hear, right? That's one kind of tongue. Uh, this, this is, um, then there are the tongues which are unknown uh, because they're directly, directly related to God, you're talking directly to God. The thing to remember here is the Bible says that there ought to be an interpreter. So whenever someone speaks in tongues, there ought to be an interpreter. 
And remember, gifts are for the building up of the body, so we ought to desire the gifts that Paul tells us that we ought to desire. One of the things he doesn't tell us is when it comes to tongues, is uh, he, he says this about mostly all other gifts, but when it comes to tongues, he doesn't talk to us about um, desiring that gift. But he says a whole lot about it. And so we want, I want to read uh, a passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Again, I know this is not a, a shouting message, but this is, this is the Word of God, and this will help you in your walk with Him in discovering. And I hope you're seeing some of the principles so you can apply them to whatever gift uh, God has given you. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we're going to read verses 6 through uh, 19. This is what he says about tongues. He says, Now, brothers, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as the flute or the harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes. Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and he is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. Stop there for a second. You see what he said? Pray that he may interpret. So that means before you say something, pray that somebody would be able to interpret it because it has to be interpreted. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I'll also sing with my mind. If you are praising God with your spirit, how can one who finds himself among those who do not understand say amen to your thanksgiving since he does not know what you are saying? You may be giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. I thank God, and this is Paul, and he, he goes, it sounds like he's boasting, but he's trying to make a point here. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Amen. Enough said. And then there's the interpretation of those tongues, right? We, we sort of mixed the two together already. Um, Jesus did not take what he had and, and use it to elevate his position before the Father. He used his gifts to help others. So we don't, get to, we, we, don't, we don't do it to get close to God, right? But we do it to edify the body. The gifts are not to get, for us to get close to God. The gifts are for us to edify the body. So we, is the word of God tells us, don't boast that you can cast out demons, but boast that your name is written in the Lamb of God and in the book of life. Right? And then last in, in verse, uh, chapter 12, verses, verse 28, they list a gift at the end of verse 28. 
and it says those with the gift of administration, right? So administration, again, as I said earlier when I was reading the scripture, is guidance. We can all develop natural talents with, with hard work and perseverance, but um, we practice and we train along the way, but spiritual gifts, on the other hand, is in an increased uh, as we mature in our relationship with God and he gives it to us. So the people with the gift of administration, you'll know, uh, they're typically um, visionaries. They're people who can organize and get things going. They're people who can lead uh, in, in a specific direction um, to reach a certain goal. Um, and you all know people like that. You might, you're probably sitting, some of you are sitting next to someone like that. All right. And that's the gift of administration. But we ought to desire the gifts. And so I know for you guys, um, for all of us, there is this struggle of what your gift may be. And if you did not have a father or a mother who encouraged you as you grew up, you may think differently about how those gifts are, right? You may have been told along the way that, um, you know, you know, you'll never amount to anything or you're not going to, you know, this and that. I, I don't even know that verbiage. I, I try not to um, even go there. But some, you know, sometimes we are in positions where you're growing up and you're, somebody is saying something to you that's not building you up. So many of you have come up with, or some of you may have come up with childhoods where you're not, you haven't been built up, right? And so you don't know how to build others up. But when you discover what your gift is, and by the way, if you haven't noticed from Scripture, everyone has one. It says in the beginning of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, to each he gives a gift. So don't sit here and think, well, that's great, but I, you know, I don't have any gifts, right? I, I'm just good at keeping my head down and doing my thing. No, you do. In fact, sometimes many of us have more than one. And so discover what those are, right? Next week, we're going to come and talk about um, how to, um, the, you know, the purpose of those gifts. And we'll, and we'll go in another direction with that. But I want to encourage you as we go through this series, be praying about it. Take, take someone aside, whether it's your spouse, a friend, another brother, another sister in the church, um, even those of you who are um, younger uh, in your faith, there's a gift there. And if you can discover it now, and, and it would just be a blessing to your life as you use it but it's used to build each and every one of us up. Isn't that great that God put that in place for us? Isn't that amazing? I'm so glad that he's, that he's done that because he wants us to know we need to take care of one another. Remember it said, if I'm not the foot, if I'm not the hand, we can't do it without one another. It doesn't matter how gifted you are, how talented you are, uh, you know, what you do on your job. Well, I got, you know, hundreds of people who report to me and, and, and I'm able to do this and that. And you can be all over the map like that. But these are spiritual gifts that are talking about the body of Christ. Right? And so we just pray uh, as our, our leadership just prays that you guys would discover and help. And we want to help you to do that, what those are. And if you already, and if you already know what they are, Try to assess how you, God would have you use them. You know, sometimes we have a gift and we're operating them. We're already doing it. Uh, other times we have to pray and ask, God may want you to use them in a different way. And by the way, uh, the Bible tells us that gifts 
just like your salvation, it says the call of God and the gifts of God are irrevocable. So those gifts aren't going anywhere. They're there. If they're dormant, that's what we're here for. Let's pray together. Let's figure out what, what those are in your life. But they're there. And I, I just am um, excited. I'm excited about seeing each of you use those in the body to encourage one another. And when we're all doing that, you guys are going to see. And I, and I only say this because and I'm not prophesying. That's not my gift. Uh, but um, I know the word of God. And the word of God says, when we do that, we're going to see some amazing changes when every single one of us are doing it. But we all have to do it. Amen. Amen. And I'm just excited about that. Stand with me. Let's bow our heads. Father, we come before you, God. First of all, thanking you, Lord, for our salvation and thanking you for the gifts that you have given each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord, that you made it clear that they're irrevocable, that nobody can take them away from us. And God, so we just pray that as you move in this body, that you would reveal, that you would make known, that you would make clear, and that you would help all of us, Lord, but especially those who are struggling with determining what their gifts are. Sometimes we need to ask a trusted friend, someone who's been around us, someone who we've done ministry with, Lord, to speak into that. Lord, I pray that you would encourage that person. Lord, that this is a journey and that you would help them to be able to see what you already know. And God, I just pray, Lord, that as we do discover our gifts and as we start to operate in them, and as we continue to be the body of the Christ, Lord, building one another up in the holy faith, that you would get the glory, that you would get the honor, that we would just turn back and remind ourselves, Lord, over and over again, that although the gifts are for building up one another, Lord, they all come from you. Thank you for giving us to them giving them to us, Lord. Touch your people today, God. Continue to do what only divinity can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.